Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. There's an enemy that has laid snares for your foot. There's an enemy that has planned your demise. There's a battle that's going on in the spiritual world to keep you from being all that God wants you to be. See, God had a destiny for David to fulfill. God had a purpose and a plan for David to fulfill. God had designs on David's life. And Satan did not want any of those designs to come to pass. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. The Bible teaches that we are in a spiritual war and that when we struggle in this life, our wrestling is not against flesh and blood. All Christians fight against spiritual enemies that seek to kill, steal, and destroy. In today's message from Psalm 25, Pastor Ed reminds us of this very real and invisible war taking place in the heavens and then teaches us how to overcome our enemy and not be tripped up by Satan's snares. Scripture instructs us that we overcome through Jesus and His power working in and through us. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message in Psalm 25. Building in faith. Notice verse 16 of the Bible text. It says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Have you ever felt lonely and afflicted. I'm sure all of us have. Remember the first time you went to high school? That big, huge building? <laughs> feel pretty lonely. I remember when I first went to high school. Remember going off to college and feeling so alone. Maybe some of you can think about a time in your life where you were called into an office. And you thought they were going to pat you on the back and say, well done. Instead, they handed you a pink slip. Or maybe you knew the marriage was going through some hard places, but you didn't think it was that bad. And to suddenly have your mate walk out on you, you know what loneliness is all about. You know what it's like to feel by yourself. Or perhaps... In that hospital room, waiting for the report from the doctors and hearing the report that more surgery was needed. It doesn't have to be necessarily a traumatic time, but all of us can relate to what David said when he said, Lord, help me. I feel lonely. I feel afflicted. I feel by myself. One of the greatest men in our country felt that way. During a time of national turmoil, he said this, I've often been driven to God by the overwhelming sense I had nowhere else to go. Thank God that he didn't go anywhere else. Thank God that he went to God for the answers in the midst of his loneliness, in the midst of his afflictions. 
Where do you go when you feel lonely, afflicted, and tried? To a bottle, to a bar, to some ungodly relationship? David right away centers our attention. And he says, my eyes are fixed on God. We can go to God for our help. For our help is in God. I want you to see that first this psalm talks about God as our refuge. When you go to God for help, you're going to God because he is a refuge. It reads in verse 20, Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. This psalm, as I tried to outline it, was really difficult. Because the psalmist was going from deep emotions and prayer to meditation about God to an assurance and a confidence and then a sense of guilt and a need for forgiveness. It seemed like there was no order to it. It was just going from feelings to emotions to going to God and thinking about God and then going back to his feelings and emotions. Now, the psalm begins with him lifting up his soul to God in the midst of trouble, and the psalm ends with him praying for Israel, praying for others. And that's one of the keys that lets us out of that place of difficulty. When we turn our attention away from ourselves to others. But that often happens in the place of communion with God. Here David is. And he cries out to God, I take refuge in you. Do not let me be put to shame. Again and again you see the word shame, shame, shame. It doesn't mean for David what it means for us today. That word shame for David meant this. God When I put my confidence in you, I don't, I won't be disappointed. I won't be let down. He was saying, God, my trust is in you, and I know that's not a trust misplaced. It's a trust properly placed. So I won't play the part of the fool. I won't look like a fool. The world laughs at us. (laughs) Go to church. God's just a crutch. Yeah, he is a crutch, but what's yours? I can't make it through life without God. How are you doing it? You're doing it some way. I choose to take refuge in God. And that's what he's saying. He prays in verse 15. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Notice those words, for only he will release my feet from the snares. See, David's on a journey like you and me. This journey is taking him to his heavenly destination. And on this journey, he has an adversary. Now he's talking about physical enemies, but there are spiritual enemies as well. There's an enemy that has laid snares for your foot. There's an enemy that has planned your demise. There's a battle that's going on 
in the spiritual world to keep you from being all that God wants you to be. See, God had a destiny for David to fulfill. God had a purpose and a plan for David to fulfill. God had designs on David's life. And Satan did not want any of those designs to come to pass. Satan would try and trip him up. The adversary would try and snare him. Here, David, take the bait. Become angry and bitter with others. Look how they've betrayed you, David. David, look how those people who said they were your friends talk behind your back, David. David, look at this carrot here. Why don't you get enticed with lust? David, why don't you take matters into your own hand and seek vengeance? David, why don't you walk in fear rather than faith? God's forsaken you. They were all snares, planted the wrong along the way. Let me give a word of advice to our young people today. One of the things that the enemy would like to do for you is he'd like to develop in you an Achilles heel. You know what an Achilles heel is? A weak spot where you could be strong all over, but the enemy shoots at that. Let me say, if you walk with God and you avoid sin, you avoid developing an affinity towards sin, you're going to do far better in your Christian life. You're going to go further in God and deeper in God. And the enemy is going to have less to pull you aside. I've never got drunk in my life. Never drank. I drank when I was a kid a little, but then I got saved. I, I, but I've never drunk, got drunk in my whole life. You could bring me to a bar. I, not that I go there. <laughs> You could put alcohol there. It won't even, doesn't matter. Why? Because I have no affinity to it. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, Jesus, there's nothing within him. There were no hooks that the enemy could use. When you drink of the spoils of sin, when you get involved in things, you develop an affinity for those things. And those things become a means of temptation for you. I remember a young guy who lived down the block from me. He was a neighbor, in fact. And he said to me, why don't you fool around? He was telling me about all these people he was sleeping with, all these things he was doing. I said to him, I'm not going to do that. He says, you're missing out on life. I said, no, I'm not. I said, because when I have a relationship of intimacy with my wife, I'll enjoy it far more than you ever will be able to. Because I've saved myself from my relationship with her. I want to encourage you to recognize that if you walk with God, God will reward you. Now, God forgives sins, and thank God he erases the past. Uh, but there are, as it were, at times lingering consequences and sometimes those lingering consequences are this Achilles heel and so here David is 
in the midst of all of these things that are going on in his life, he's saying, Lord, rescue me from the snare that the enemy has. Rescue me from that snare. And then he prays something else. See, David feels a downward pull. Did you ever feel that? David felt something pulling him, pulling him down. In verse 20 of chapter 25 of the Psalms, it says, Guard my life and rescue me. God intended David to be the greatest king that ever lived, and David was. God had destined him for great things, but he felt this downward pull. So he says, Lord, unto you I lift up my soul. It's not easy to do that. Because there's this downward pull of the old sinful nature. There's this downward pressing of our circumstances that surround us. There's this downward push of the enemy. See, the enemy wants to grind you into the dust. He doesn't want you to sit on that throne that God's ordained for you. He doesn't want you to live and fulfill that purpose that God has written into your genetic code. He doesn't want you to do what God has ordained you to do. In Psalm 119, verse 25, it reads, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Satan would bury you in the dust. You know, when we commit a person to the ground at a graveside service, we say dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Satan wants to get you there earlier. He wants your spiritual life to be a desert. He wants you not to flourish, not to be like, as it were, an oak tree, strong with roots down deep. David cries out, rescue me, O God. I was telling the group of people uh, as we were preparing for our trip for Zambia today, I was telling them when I left my daughter at Bible college, I sat down with her for a few moments and I said, Missy, I want to tell you something. Remember this. Never forget it. I said, what kept me through my ministry, what kept me going was prayer. And I said, see that prayer room? Go there. Pray. Make sure you spend time on your knees. Make sure you seek God because that's going to be your strength. I remember people that I started off with far more gifted than I, far more talented than me, far more able than I. But what happened? Along the way, some of them forgot that their place of strength It's not found in human flesh. It's found at the throne room of God. It's not found in themselves. It's found in Almighty God. See, it's not our talents. It's not our abilities. It's not all the skills that we might have. It's a living dependence upon God. And you're going to have to cry out again and again throughout this journey. Oh, Lord, release me from this snare. Oh, Lord, rescue me. And God will hear God will answer. God will deliver. God will respond. Hallelujah. They were a slave people, oppressed by a nation. They cried out in the midst of their slavery to God. In the midst of that 
trial, faith began to sprout in their hearts. God heard their voice. And he said to that nation, you'll not have a union unless you let my people go. You'll not have a union unless you free them. Abraham Lincoln, looking back at that time, said the Civil War was God's judgment on our nation for the atrocity of the slavery of African Americans. God heard their cry, and God responded. My brother, my sister, African Americans, I want to say something to you. You have a story of God's divine deliverance, of God liberating and freeing and raising you up. Be proud of that history. Be proud of that story. Let it be emblazed into your soul that the God of all the earth does right and he responds when people cry out and say, God, rescue me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beloved, he, it's so important. What we believe about God is the most important thing about us. What we believe about God is the most important thing about us. If you believe that God is mighty to rescue, if you believe that God is mighty to restore, if you believe that God can do anything, if you believe in His Word, if you believe in His promise, if you believe in His delivering power, if you believe that He is the great I Am, the one He has declared Himself to be, the one He has revealed Himself to be, it'll show up in your life. Hallelujah. Our future, our destiny is bound up in that relationship with God. David, he went to God as his refuge. That's how he found help in God. But something else, his hope. It says in verse 5, my hope is in you all day long. All day long. God is the hope of our soul. When everything is dark, and it seems like night is all around you. Remember, hope is grief's best music. Let the music just resound in your soul. Put your hope in God. Let that resound in your heart. And a song will come out. And a song will begin to rise as you begin the hope in the one who has helped his people throughout ages, throughout history. He's taken the weak and he's lifted them up. He's taken the oppressed and he's lifted them up. He's taken those who have needed help and who have cried out to him. And never once, never once, never once does he ever fail. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. He will keep his word. He will keep his promise. He's bound to it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, this is a hope of guidance. 
Now, remember, all these emotions are going on inside of David. David's wondering as he's fleeing from Absalom, as he's running from his enemies. He's wondering, God, what way do I turn? Watch David's life. Look at how he lives. He lives seeking the guidance and direction of God constantly. Go through the pages of 1st and 2nd Samuel. You'll find David on his knees. David saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, direct me. God, guide me. God, speak to me. Ah, he qualifies those that he guides. He guides the humble. Can't guide the proud. They know it all. The humble one, the man who recognizes, God, I don't deserve a single thing from you. God, I don't deserve tomorrow. God, if you took me off the planet, uh, I would have nothing to say. A humble person recognizes everything that he has is a gift of God's grace and kindness. A humble person is someone who wants to know what's right and says, teach me your ways. Uh, listen to verse 12. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. A person that walks in the fear of God, the reverence for God. God's going to whisper and say, this is the way, walk in it. Uh, I'm going to get personal this morning and, and share a personal time in my own life. Last night I was thinking about this. Actually, I was thinking about a time when I was asking God, God, should I go into ministry? And I felt the call of God. And I felt called into ministry. I was working back in my home church in Brooklyn, New York, and people had given me counsel. And they said, listen, work a secular job and work in the church. Now, that's the way that church was. You have to understand, that was sort of the culture of that church. And so they said, just work in the church and work in the secular world. I got on my knees and I prayed, and God spoke to my heart. He said, no, I've called you to full-time ministry. I said, all right, Lord, uh, I want to get good counsel. Good counsel. So I went to godly people outside that church that knew God, some of my professors and teachers at Zion, and they, said, they explained the culture to me, and they said, no, you got to make a change. Now, let me just say something about that. Sometimes the difficulties that we have in life is because we don't know how to take counsel. Hey, we run to Brother John. Hey, Brother John, tell me what I should do. Oh, I don't like that, Brother John. Hey, Janet, tell me what the... No, 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 he said the same thing. Let me find someone. Let me find... Oh, what's that astrologer's phone number? <laughs> you know, sometimes we just want to hear what we want to hear instead of saying, oh, God, if you put godly people in my life, uh, I'm going to listen, I'm going to evaluate that. But you got to do something else. you got to get on your knees and you got to begin to pray and say, God, show me. God, give me a witness. God, direct me. I'm so thankful that even in the midst of mistakes, God doesn't leave us if you made a mistake. Thank God he redeems those mistakes. He's the great redeemer. He's the great forgiver. And so he, he's gracious. David has made his share of mistakes. But he says, God, I notice this, that he guides the humble. I remember praying, seeking the Lord. And I went and they said, no, that's the way the Italian culture was. I was in an Italian church and they want everybody to stay in it. They don't want to send it. You know, it was sort of like that. And they believed that you work in the secular world and you work in the church. And, and that's fine for some people. But that wasn't what the Lord had for me. And I remember getting counsel. And then I went and I said, oh, God, please show me. I began the fast and the pray. Some of you called into the ministry. 
In order to know what God wants you to do, you're going to have to fast and pray. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's 14-part series in the Book of Psalms. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for Worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and for more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.